This is Multinew Media. I'm Chase Raz. With me today is Chris Ayers. This is Multinew Media. Sometimes we have the need to uh, create a mobile application, but we don't necessarily um, want to just sit down and, and wireframe it and, and have this concept that never gets realized. We really okay. need to, to prototype. And so, uh, Chris, let's talk about rapid mobile prototyping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that sounds fine. Do we want to maybe define our terms first? Yeah, let's, uh, let's start with what wireframing, mock-up, and uh, prototyping are. Sure. So wireframing is using just some like boxes and squares to define content regions to kind of show layout of stuff. Like, hey, this is where an image might go. And this is where a list of things might go. And this is going to be where a button goes. And it doesn't really represent the visual style of the product or might not even have any interactivity, but it's just going to kind of show a layout. Yeah, a lot of times it's in black and white. This is the stuff, you know, I sit down with a pencil and pen and paper and um, kind of just jot out and then say, all right, well, yeah, let's move it into on a napkin. Yeah, let's move it into Photoshop or some other piece of software. There's dedicated software for it, but that's not really where we're looking today, right? We're, we're not looking at wireframing. Um, the next tier up with uh, creating a mock-up will definitely overlap with. So, Chris, what is a mock-up? Uh, it's more like the... Uh more of a visual representation of it. Like you might try to have uh, an image like a Photoshop or an Illustrator image that looks like what you're thinking of. You know, we're going to add some shading and throw up a menu and it might have lorem ipsum in it or it might just have some some sample words, but it will show what the menu might actually look like and it might fill in those content regions to show, you know, here's kind of the font we're thinking of and the spacing. Yeah, it could go so far as to show, um, like you said, font and, and color scheme, any of the branding that you may work in. Now, I have a question for you. I, I haven't seen this personally, but I imagine it's done. Have you ever seen anyone take mock-ups and lay them out in, let's say, Visio or some other type of software like that to create sort of a map of mock-ups to show what the result of the logic will be? Have you ever seen that? Well, that's program flow are you talking like i hit this button and it's right. going to take me to this screen right and if have I you hit ever this seen other button it's going to take me to that screen is, that, is that a thing that's done do you put that into like a hierarchical right. form so typically if we're going to go that route um i've used a tool called envision and it's almost prototyping at that point where you're able to go from i'm going to like for web pages make an illustrator or photoshop file of the home page and make an Illustrator or Photoshop image of, like, let's say, like a search results page or something. So they'd load both, both images up in InVision, or, and they would pretty much highlight a region on the first image where the search button is and say, hey, when someone clicks here, take me to the next image. And that's exactly what we're talking about for prototyping. And then they'd highlight the back button on the image of the second page and say, when someone clicks there, take you back to the homepage. And, and it just kind of links the stuff together to get a feel for behavior. And that's where you go into prototyping. Right, right. So we want something. It doesn't actually have to work, but it looks like it works. It looks like it's following the program logic and um, doing its thing, whatever that is. And that's what we mean by prototyping. Now you mentioned Envision, and that's one of the um, one of the services I've used in the past 
not just for uh, mockups and really haven't used it for mockups. It's been more for prototyping of, you know, when I'm on screen A and I click the button to go to screen B or I fill out a sign up form, you know, what's it going to look like when this uh, when the user actually takes that behavior? And Envision's one of the one I uh, one of the services that I've used. Uh, you have as well. It's at envisionapp.com. It's really cool. It, it, it is. It's it's really nice. I've put together some great business presentations for people. Uh, basically, you know, showing hey, this is what your application can look like. And this is nice because on the tech side, you may not necessarily have the time to sit down and and completely create. Uh, you know, a, a working form of an application to show a client. And on the business side, we may not have the technical expertise to do that. We need to set sort of a, a project in front of a developer and say, that thing right there is what I want. Let's make mm-hmm. that happen. And Envision um, c- can kind of do that. Well, so I've viewed Envision as the conversation between the designer and the guy with the idea, usually. And it helps... I mean, it, it definitely helps having developers involved in a conversation at some point because <laughs> sometimes if a designer and someone with an idea just sit down and, and go at it for a while, they can go off the deep end, if you know what I mean. They, right. they, they can take an idea so far that it's like, no, that's not possible. I, I, that's not in your budget. That's <laughs> yeah. not doable. Listen, you, are, are, are you trying to say that this. those of us on the idea and the business side would ever take things too far? Anyways, um, I've always interacted with Envision between a designer and the business analyst or the the, the product owner or whatever. Um, what's awesome about it is it allows commenting. Mm-hmm. You invite a couple of people, so there's permissions. You can invite groups of people. You can keep it private for a while and then invite some more people in. So and you allows- can send a message back to me saying, yeah, that's never going to happen. And then there's invita- there, you can allow commenting. So someone can draw like a circle or, or click on an area and say, hey – Let's rethink this. Yeah. You know, that, that particular service, in case anyone's wondering, and I'll try to put these notes in throughout today's show, um, Envision is, uh, again, at envisionapp.com. The prices range. They do have a free uh, plan. You can work on one prototype. Um, that it, it scales all the way up to $99 per month, and I don't exactly remember how many prototypes that gets you. Uh, if you're a larger company, though, they do have enterprise pricing uh, that you can get access to. Um, and, and by the way, I guess we should say this. None of the companies, services, and tools that we're talking about today, uh, we have no connection with them other than just being maybe users of them or having experienced them or know of them. So I, I just want to put that out there. But if they're interested in an ad sponsorship, I am more than willing <laughs> to talk to them. Yeah, you know what? I'll wear an Envision hat and T-shirt. Anyways, uh, um, <laughs> years ago, I used to use a tool called Balsamic. Mm-hmm. Uh Kind of like the vinegar, but with a Q on the end. Uh, and it was a web app. Like it ran as a Chrome plugin. Um, and I think they have free and paid tiers. They might have a, a Mac app now. I'm, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, you could just draw right in your browser. And they had like some templates. So you could just say, I want to do an iPad app or I want to do a mobile site. And I want to see how it looks an iPad or uh, on a mobile device. And it would kind of put the skin up that looked like a phone or a, a tablet and you could lay out your, your mock-ups and your boxes and your content regions in there. But then it did kind of like what Envision does where you can uh, enable buttons. Like when I click on this one, take me to that thing. And, and you said this was in the browser. Yeah. Uh, there was like a Chrome plugin. I remember okay. having it as a Chrome plugin and just firing it up. You know, I go to the coffee shop and like 
think of ideas and kind of draw them out and play around. I guess it would help if I were in Chrome, but I'm taking a look at the website at the moment. I see we can. it's possible to download Balsamic, B-A-L-S-A-M-I-Q. Uh, it's possible to download that for Windows and Mac. Um, uh, so I'm not sure of what the difference between the desktop and the browser or the Chrome extension is. But it's it's reasonably priced. It's showing a single user license is $89.00. Um, if you're an existing plugin customer, they have a discounted license, see, forty-five dollars. Yeah, see, there was Not a plugin. Bad. Not bad. It's been a while since I used it, though. So it looks like they've gone to a download form, and and so I haven't used these, and I want to be, uh, I haven't used Balsamic, and I want to be clear about that. But it does look like they uh, have the plugin and and downloads, but uh, nice, uh, re- really nice uh, pricing structure there, really so affordable. So it seems like a number of these services, because it's kind of easy to find them, take images. So if you're working with a designer and you get some images that represent your pages or your app, maybe different screens, a lot of these services, um, the the two we've talked about, um, there's some other ones I think you have, Chase, allow you to import like Photoshop and Illustrator images and then link them together with hey, when I touch this region, when I click this region, when I do this thing, you know, maybe I'm going to overlay a text box that's not really on the image, but it looks like it is. And when you type in it and hit a button, it takes you to this other page. They, they offer those features, and, and they're all kind of consistent in their feature set. Some of them might have a little more bells and whistles. Some of them might have less, but it's, it's probably important to find the price range and the feature set that, that works for you. But those are great tools. Ah, finally found it. The The web app uh, is $12 per month. I mean, they're great tools, but I think it depends upon what you're, who you're working with. If you're working with a designer, they're great. If it's just you and you don't do Photoshop or Illustrator, you might want to look at some of the ones that let you drop boxes for content regions to kind of mock things out and come up with your own concepts and interactivity. One of the big questions that comes through is how do I how do I prototype this thing or or maybe even make a working application uh, as the prototype uh, to try to communicate with developers and a lot of time a lot of times on the business side we have this <laughs> difficulty of we'll sit down and talk to a developer and there's just this communication barrier and the, one of the best things we can do is to create one of these prototypes I'm sure a wireframe or a mock-up works but to create a prototype and say this is how I envision the flow going now we'll hire you know a UX designer and we'll hire a developer and make this real would, would, would is, uh, is that a good way to go I'm cringing well from I'm business a that's a, a, a beautiful way One, to go I don't want a product owner or somebody to give me a prototype and say hey I want to make this that scares me no, but what if bit. this is you know somebody who has a small business and, and needs an application? They don't have a team. So they should talk to someone, probably a, a front-end or a, a full-stack type of person or a decent developer, and talk with them. Get out the, the napkins, get out a pad of paper, start drawing boxes. Like seriously, draw pa- like, hey, I'm envisioning this page. So just you do the wireframe to- first. Start with a wireframe. Talk about... I'm seeing this content, and hey, there's this button here, and when I click on it, you turn your page over, draw the next page. Like, draw out individual pages, mock-up style, and use arrows pointing, like, when I do this thing, this thing happens. Talk about it. 
Well, you know, I guess my difficulty is that, again, on the business side, we, we generally know how that stuff works. We know what a drop. I mean, we've, we've, no, I know, we've been around the block enough. Sure. You know how all that stuff works, but you don't, you think some things are easy. And you think some things are just like, oh, just add it in. I think everything's or, easy until I do it. Or uh, you think this is a brilliant idea putting these things together. And then you talk to someone who's done a little bit of UI or someone who's not you. And they are like <laughs> – uh, and you, you hear that. You know, you're know, you explaining your idea and they're like, well, how would it work when I do this? You might go, oh, I never thought about that. Or what, what, how would it work like that? What if we – Tweak it. And, and this is the hardest part. 100% every time I've ever dealt with someone who has an idea. Hardest part, taking input from someone else or letting it go and change. Like actually go, okay, I have this idea. Let's try it. It didn't work. Let's tweak it a little bit. Or the person implementing it or working with them goes, you know, it'd be better if X Okay, and so that, many people can't hear that. That's something different. I'm talking than what I'm talking I get it, about. I get, it, I get it. Right. What I'm what I'm talking about is okay. Let's say we use a mock-up service. Um, yep. Something like Balsamic, like we were talking about. It does wireframes, does mockups. Yep. Sure. So if I have this idea in my head and I and I go through and I I mock it up, I, I or maybe I just yep. do the wireframe. Yep. That system itself was a great tool for the business person because it said, okay, you can have a button. Yep. And it lets you can have a drop down. And that's cool. If so, they brought that to me. I would be fine with it. Yeah, right. So I'm not advocating that that the average business person or the average person who says, oh, I have this great idea for an application, go out and start with pencil and paper from scratch unless they kind of have a feeling for what type of controls. If they can do balsamic, sure. But if they don't or if you don't have an, a, devel- a designer and you can't do envision. So the top end is you have a designer with you or you have someone making images and mock-up and and, and you know, images of the app and the images of the website, whatever. If you have that type of employee structure where you or or you have the income devoted to your app or idea to have a designer go with Envision or something like that where you can bring them in and link all the stuff together to start showing behavior. Besides the look, those apps add the behavior. I'm gonna be a little bit of a thorn in your side here because yep. I'm gonna go full business hat. Every application for mobile, practically, we're not talking games, we're talking business applications, productivity, they all look the same. They all have these menus. They all have, we, we, I mean, we kind of get a feel, a even as an end user, of what's different between, difference between a menu, you know, a swipe menu from the left for a hamburger or a pivot style, right? We, we intuitively get this, so I, I guess I'm wondering. There's a reason why you intuitively get it. But why can't, why do we need, if we're an individual one-person business, five-person business, why do you need to invest that money in the UX designer until you're ready to roll? Why do they need to be a part of that conversation? <laughs> well, one, the reason that there's so many consistent menus and so many consistent interactions is because why do people have a hard time or a large number of people have a hard time going from Windows to Mac? You think you've tried it? You uh, like, yeah, well, did you I, like going from Windows I, to Mac? Personally, I know why I have difficulty. Um, They're slightly different controls because the controls a different. Right, right now, we can get over the fact that the controls are in a different place. That's really easy. Forget okay, cancel or reverse. The or, difficulty is the controls don't behave the same way. 
controls don't behave the same way. You we close a window, it doesn't close the app. There's oh, that drives me things. nuts. There's little things that change your expectation of behavior. So mm-hmm. you think the world operates in the Windows way, and you go on a Mac, and it operates different. So on the web and on mobile, over time, we've kind of evolved these controls and these um, practices and, and that kind of behave consistently for people. They, they don't it, – it's kind of a seamless experience that doesn't matter – what you're using, you don't have to wait for the user to figure out how to use it. Right. They just kind of know. And that's why everything looks kind of the same because you can pick up any app and you can just kind of use it. The other reason that you're all You're going to start similar, a hamburger menu war. Whatever. The other reason <laughs> a lot of them are the same is a lot of them are built on the same frameworks. So originally there was some phone gap stuff, which let you design HTML and JavaScript pages that you, know, you could install on the phone as a phone app. Mm-hmm. And it was called PhoneGap. Um, there's Xamarin, which lets you do dot net, dot net development, um, but kind of push that out to an iOS and an Android phone mm-hmm. or Windows phone. So you can write it once in dot net instead of having to learn Java or C++ or Objective-C or Swift. You can stay with dot net and make one app and have it work on multiple platforms, Windows, Android, Mac iOS, all that. See, I love that. So they have consistent controls because it's a consistent library and framework. And whenever, you know, a lot of the people that use them, they might look kind of the same. Do you think these prototyping services in uh, Envision, uh, Proto.io, which is one we haven't talked about, um, do do you think, I mean, are they sitting on top of those frameworks, PhoneGap and whatnot? I would imagine they build their own, right? It depends on if you're dealing with a website or something else. If they're on. Probably not. Most of these prototyping services, um, Envision is web-based. Proto.io is web-based. AppyPy is another popular one. Appy, A-P-P-Y, P-I-E. All it is is a layer that sits between a web web page. So you write a web page designed for a really small screen, Mm -hmm. and it gives you some extra little functionality to handle like touch events and and stuff with the phone. And you put it inside this application called PhoneGap that you can then repackage and distribute as an app in the app store. So when someone downloads it, they run the PhoneGap application that's been rebranded as your app, and it loads like the single or a couple of web pages that you've distributed, and that's your app. They this, can't tell it's not just a web page. It looks like a full-blown right, app. Right. Interact well, with the phone what's the difference the between that and um, Xcode and Android Studio and Visual right. Studio for Windows enabling you to wrap your web app in uh, an app wrapper. What's what's the difference? Um, one is kind of officially supported by the vendor, uh, and I guess PhoneGap is it's very similar, but PhoneGap was just kind of like a. I think it's owned by Adobe now, actually. And it's, it's kind of like middle. It's middleware Ionic. between there, right? It's saying, okay, we're going to conform to the platform that you're publishing to, and here's the framework for publishing right. to our app? It's um, Right. So Xcode, mm-hmm. they have a set of tools they give you. They're like you can write it in C or Objective-C or Swift or HTML, and you use their tools and their libraries, and everything is for Apple. And Yeah, and Xcode is the Apple uh, IDE, yes. the Integrative, Integrated Development. Uh, see, right. I'm messing up. See, I'm, the, I'm on the business side. I screw that up. IDE. It's an interface builder, so you can draw the windows and the screens and the the buttons and all that, and then there's the development side where you can do all the code. 
Uh, and then on the Android side, there's Eclipse and Android Studio, which was spun off from it essentially, where you can do your C++ or your Java development or HTML. And then there's Visual Studio on, on Windows, and those areas that you're just talking about, that's where the magic happens and where developers live. Well, this is where you do real develop. Well, I'm not saying no, prototyping call it, call real it real development. Call saying, it real development. It is. This is where you do the real development. But <laughs> there you go. There's a different concept when you're doing a prototype in Xcode or Eclipse or Visual Studio. Usually, you say, I'm going to make a new application, and it actually makes an application. But it might not do anything. Like mm-hmm. normally, uh, let's say you were going to make an app to find airlines or air, flights near you from an airport. You'd have to do a whole bunch of work to like talk to airline sites and look stuff up. When you make a prototype, it will run on your device or run on your computer or show a web page. And you'll feed it like mock data. You'll just have some hard-coded flights and whatever right it just it shows what it'll look like when the data services are working right and it might not show the data at first you hit search doesn't matter what you put in the search field it's always going to return the same (laughs) it's going to show the same thing yeah right because it's kind of just it's a super advanced mock-up it's a super yeah it's a it's a prototype that you can interact with because it's actually kind of some of the display that you're doing but none of the real logic yeah nobody said it was a functional prototype (laughs) Well, here's the problem a lot of times. People make a prototype, and then they want to keep it and build Uh, on it and make it work. Is there anything wrong with that? Usually, yes. Well, okay, so maybe if you're using a tool like Envision, right, because... Well, uh, Envision doesn't give you an app. hmm. Envision doesn't give you a real program. Well, you know... If you did it in Xcode and Visual Studio or Eclipse, you'd have a real program. I didn't know if I was going to bring these up, but Microsoft does have some tools available for this. For consumer-facing apps, maybe you just right. want to do an RSS feed or something like that or or pictures or a band. Uh, they have Microsoft App Studio, which is in beta, and it's a yeah. web service that lets you build Windows 8.1 and Windows 10 apps, desktop okay. and phone. But, okay, you're going to have an app that's an RSS feed. No, no, no. It does build you a— You said RSS feed. Well, no, that's one of the functionality points. You could mm. you could have an app that's getting data from an RSS feed, from an Excel file, from other web services that are all pre-coded in. And what Microsoft actually does, not only with Microsoft App Studio, but Project Sienna, which is business-focused, um, and I'm not sure if it's both of these projects that do that, but they actually give you your app that you can open in Visual Studio and continue to develop. Uh, you know, maybe your funds free up and you can hire a developer or some so more developers. Here's the problem with developing on a prototype: one, prototypes are usually done pretty quickly. Two, prototypes usually don't have the same development standards and practices that you would want to do when you do real development, so that it could be maintainable and extensible, and you can continue to customize it and grow it. Now, are you talking about the ser- – uh, is it a yeah. developer that's doing that or the services no, themselves? Saying, I'm not talking about this service. That's you and your uh, your zealotry with Microsoft, which is fine. Well, no, and, and by the way, I, would, I do want to be clear about, about that. There, Normally, I would bring Microsoft up because, yes, I'm on Windows most of the time like <laughs> most people. I do want to be really clear. I tried, I tried, I tried to find services from Google or Apple that are similar. Right. They don't have them. I think Microsoft has them because of what we call the app gap where there just aren't as many applications sure. for Windows 10. I'm specifically talking about prototypes that somebody with a Mac fires up Xcode and goes, oh, look, I can draw screens and I can make buttons link to other screens. Oh, yeah, no, that's, yeah. Or (laughs) someone downloads the free Visual Studio Community Edition and does the same thing. 
I can make windows yeah. and I can make buttons and make buttons show other windows. When you take that prototype and say, hey, hey, I wrote a program. I want you to keep developing on it because it I want it to look just like this. That is usually the worst code. Like, And if it's a developer doing it, it's probably sloppy and fast and, and might not follow all the regular coding Because state. they were prototyping. Because right? they're prototyping. And if it's Typically, not, if it's, if it's someone like me who just tinkers around in Visual Studio to go, oh, isn't that cool, it's probably really bad because I'm going the long way around to do something simple. But here's the problem. Sometimes CEOs, CIOs, people see a prototype a developer wrote and go, that's awesome. We got to keep building on this. The best thing usually is write a prototype in a different language because then you pretty much have to throw it away because it's not the language you guys want to develop on. Or just, I mean, you pretty much just have to throw it away. But Start that takes the, that takes the managers and it the non-tech managers and it makes their head explode. Like, you know, that I can imagine the meeting, sitting someone down and saying, okay, now what language are we going to write this program in? You say, oh, C Sharp. And they go, so why exactly did you do it with HTML5 and JavaScript? Because we don't want you to... Uh, no, I get it, and I think it yeah. makes perfect sense. But I can imagine the managers who have zero technical knowledge. Uh, and that's fine. It's blowing the main up thing is it. throw it away, start over. You know, like, hey, I wonder if I can make, um, you know, you know, this this structure. Let's just scaffold some stuff up and throw some boards on it. Let's see if it'll hold it. Okay, sure. Now let's just keep put some brick around it and make it a house or a building. No, you knock it all down. You start over, like doing it right. Like that's. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. As a developer, rule of thumb: throw away your prototypes. What That's if all. you're a developer for something else? Talking about different languages. I mean, there are a lot of people who work with web technologies. I, I don't know. Are there more people who work with web technologies than mobile? I'd, I'd almost guess so. Would There's I be, a would huge I be right? Overlap. You realize that because there are mobile developers who do mobile sites. In fact, tons of people today say, "Why write native apps?" <laughs> you know, I was listening to um, write a mobile website. You don't have to pay for licensing costs. You don't have to get it in a store where someone else controls when it gets updated. You have an app that's always online and, you know. Yeah, this this charge, that whole conversation between are we going to go web apps, native apps, are they going to merge in the future, are they going to do this, that, or the other? I mean, that is, um, that's beyond what I think a lot of tech and business people can handle right now because they are two clearly different worlds for the time being. We've seen them merging since before consumers even got onto the smartphone bandwagon in 2007. Don't use the Facebook app. Use the website because you will save 15% battery life. There are numerous sites telling you, don't use the app on iOS. Use the mobile website. You can do everything. So is is Google going, and I'm I'm just picking on Google here because this is their philosophy, but is Google going to quote unquote win this war in the long term and we'll all just be using... Uh, I think web open standards st- are going to win this war in the long run, and we're just going to have more web stuff. Oh, so why would why would somebody? Let's say somebody does not have any experience. They have an idea. Maybe they're a young entrepreneur. They don't have any contact. They're really trying to get into this for the first time. What direction would you advise them? Do we need to do a prototype for what a mobile app would look like, or do we just Here's do a mock up and say what's it. the best way to go? So prototypes expose behavior a lot of times within an app. So maybe a cool transition. Maybe I go here and it goes to this new screen or new area. I think if it's a revolutionary idea, I think if it's a cool idea that's not been done or an idea that you're doing better, I think the first thing is 
seriously, get some pen and paper. What sets this idea apart? What makes it different? Is it the content? Definitely draw some boxes. Is it the layout? How is the layout different? Because, you know, it's like the Simpsons did. There's an app out there to do almost anything. There's a website out there to do almost anything. So how is this one different or better? Is it the layout? Is it the behavior? Is it, you know, the interactions? I'm a developer. I like boxes and arrows and lines. Like I, I like seeing how things are connected, how they talk, how, how they interact. That helps me understand it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the elevator pitch is, oh, it's like this, but blah. I mean, I hope the butt part is, is big enough or unique enough, you know? Well, that, that's, yeah. And so uh, if that's like, you, if you're the people, idea person, you've got to look like at your... Help, but for people, like... It's okay. what for people? Remember the people app made a hubbub for like a week and then went away. You could rate people like Yelp. It was Yelp oh, for yeah. people. Oh, okay. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, vaguely. Right. Same idea, but for people. Like, okay, but that's uh, like. Well, okay. I'm not talking about the. I'm personal. not talking about the the merit of the idea itself, right? If somebody has the money, maybe they've reached um, out sure, and gotten sure, sure. venture I'm capital, saying, and maybe they're self funding. If you're tossing up between should I do a mock up or a prototype? Draw it out. Seriously, start with a mock up. And then kind of use arrows and, and, and do multiple mock-ups showing like interactions of stuff. And if you still think the idea is great or you show it to somebody and they're like, yeah, and they understand it, sure, move on to the prototype. Let's say like, if you really want to get those interactions down, like I want to swipe this way and it does that, that's where prototypes are great. Let's say that you and I didn't know each other and sure. uh, I had um, you know some venture capital behind me and we we're working on a small business and I bring – something to you it almost sounds like you're you're saying um you're kind of saying listen business people the best possible thing you could do is bring me a mock-up and not a prototype because the prototype is useless to me since i'm a a developer anyway no that's not what i'm saying at all i'm saying (sighs) designers and developers should have some input and i'm not saying that this is Stealing your vision or taking it away, there needs to be a conversation. Well, wouldn't that be it's best accomplished by bringing a mock-up rather than a prototype? It depends. Like I've said, the wireframe and the mock-up will expose a lot of the concepts, the ideas behind the app, and show a developer or a designer uh, like the UI elements they need to work on, or maybe some of the transitions. Like, hey, we're going to have some drop downs. We're going to have some scroll bars and some slider things or a chart. The UI person can see that. The developer is going to see, okay, I'm going to need some data to drive these things. I'm going to need data to drive that thing. What are we doing with the data? How are we getting it? How, you know, are we doing something you know, logic-based with it? You know, those are things that they'll start figuring out to be able to tell you how complex it is or how um, some of the things might work it, it, to do what they're asking. The prototype, it brings a, a little bit of the UX, but... Which can make it very unique. Uh, like if you have a really cool thought on that, it can make it unique. But that's where the the line between UI and UX comes. There is a, definitely a difference between how something looks and how you interact with it, how it kind of feels as you do stuff. And and it's a subtle difference, but it is a difference. I mean, yes, there are plenty of UI UX people, but there are straight UX people. 
And when you work with one and you see what they do, it's like night and day. So my only thing about the prototype is, sure, it's a great idea. It's not going to hurt, but I think that you'll bring more value and probably save yourself some time going the mock-up and wireframe route. Makes sense. So let's answer one more question each here. Same question, though. You from the technology point of view, me from the um, more maybe the more corporate side of view, if you were needing to rapidly prototype something right now, it doesn't matter what it is. If that's what you needed to do and you needed something functioning, um, you know, by the end of the week, what would your process be? What would you sit down and do? Start on a piece of paper. Well, but if you needed the prototype, how would that, how would said, that evolve? Where, where would I start? <laughs> start on a piece of paper. I was a little too literal. I'm sorry. Let's take it all the way through. H- how would that go? Would you sit down in an IDE or would you use one of these? Is it my idea? Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, okay, that... quest- is it my idea or is it someone else's idea? Oh, boy. Let's say <laughs> let's say it's someone else's idea. Okay. I think that's going to benefit more people. I have a, a long conversation with them. Okay. So once you come to a consensus. I have to understand what they want. All right. Well, once you come to a consensus, I would. What I are would the tools you're going to fire meeting. up? So I would set up a meeting with that person and have a long conversation. And the whole time, I'd be drawing. I'd be drawing boxes. So, but I have that. Once you're done with that, once you know what that thing know, is, I'm where are you going? To, I get that. I'm trying to answer your question my way. I would leave that meeting with drawings of like the pages and content regions, like the mockups, the wireframes. Like I'd have boxes. Like here's where you type and here's where the data comes back. I'd have arrows like, so what happens when I click on this? Okay, it goes over here to that. Okay, cool. And what what about that? So um, depending upon how what they wanted, I would either mock it out real quick um, in a GUI like um, Balsamic or one of those tools just kind of dropping content regions in a page and linking them up if they wanted something a little bit more complex or – uh, more flexible, I'd probably do it all in HTML and JavaScript. From the management point of view, again, I'm going to say I'm, I'm probably going to start at the same place, of course, pencil and, and paper. Yeah. Um, but I think where I'd end up is I'd either end up um, getting someone in graphics on it and doing either just graphic mock-ups. Mm-hmm. If I were really adventurous or, or moderately adventurous, I'd go to a prototyping service like we talked about Envision, something like that, and just kind of tinker around because that's what business people do and, and managers have time to waste. But a lot of Never. them <laughs> don't let you just drag, draw and drag and drop. A lot of times, some of those services need images. So if right. you were a manager and you had a designer, sure. Instead of my mock-ups or my wireframes with boxes, you know, if I had resources, if I had a team or I was a development manager, I would... Meet with the product owner, have those conversations, walk out with the mock-ups. I would take them to a designer and say, hey, throw these in the Illustrator for me. I'd take those back and say, is this what you were kind of thinking? And I'd kind of flip through them and show them if they said yes. Uh, probably start on it. Or there'd probably be some refinement. It'd be back and forth. I want to be emotionally invested. I don't care if you're a consultant or, or full-time developer. I want to care about the project. And as long as I'm involved and we can talk back and forth and you can hear me and respond to it, I'm in. Like, I'm going to give you 100%. I want to succeed. I'm going to make it the best thing ever. If I'm just consistently giving good advice or industry best practices, I'm like, hey, looking at it, and and like I showed some people, and they they didn't like it either, but you're like, no, it's my vision. It has to be this way. 
I might start checking out. Be like, all right, whatever. You want it like that? Sure. It's not, it's not going to succeed. I'm pretty sure of it, but that's what you want. Now, could you, well, I mean, could you really start making that determination from uh, fighting, squabbling over technical aspects of it? Not, no, this isn't technical. This is more oh, like, you know, uh, I want this page. UI UX starts it's coming in where it's. But the okay, UI and UX is valuable as they are, and they are completely valuable, but they are not the entirety of the equation of a value I proposition. Not. I know they're not. It that's where people come in and that's where other opinions come in and showing it to people and, and, and having people play with it and get presented it and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe it's just me having bad experiences in the past. Maybe sounds a little jaded. Maybe I'm a little jaded. I'm allowed to be jaded. (laughs) All right. So we've got prototyping services. We have different tools that'll build applications for you. But again, that's for, um, that's not necessarily the best way to go, especially if you uh, want something more than just a quick and dirty app and, and want to build upon it. Not not the best way to go. There are HTML5 frameworks. If you're on the website of things, great frameworks and libraries for rapid mobile development if you come from the web world and don't want to jump into C Sharp or Objective-C or Java. I still think the number one tool for starting to express an idea to someone is a piece of paper and a pencil. I think the number two thing is someone who's good at Photoshop and Illustrator. And that concludes this week's episode. Although the episode is coming to an end, the conversation is just beginning. We invite you to share your thoughts, ideas, and feedback regarding this episode on the episode 34 page at multinewmedia.com. Reach out to us via email by sending a message to feedback at multinewmedia.com or connect with us on social media. We're Multinewmedia on Facebook and Twitter. If you like our show, please head over to your favorite podcast market and give us a rating. We'd love to see that. We can't thank you enough for taking the time to tune in this week. Please don't feel like you have to wait until next week to connect with us again. Get in touch with us with your thoughts on the show at any time. So long for now, and we'll see you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.